and we're recording and we're on the way. Welcome, everybody, and welcome to Scott. Good evening. Nice to be here. Um, here comes our first slide. Marketing in the 24th and a half century with Scott Forrest on motive marketing. That's Duck Dodgers. So we're talking about Scott Forrest about marketing in the 21st and a half century. And this is what today's webinar is going to look like. First of all, we're going to give you a whole heap of stuff, as much as we can cram into your brains, into the time, in the time that we have. Uh, I, I want to warn everybody, by the way, that this webinar has so much stuff planned to be in it now. That uh, and, and depending on how many questions and interaction we get from everybody, of course, as well, we may well run over time. So as a matter of fact, I think it's guaranteed it will run over, over time. So um, and I sent an email out earlier to warn everybody of that. But so please plan to be here at least an extra fifteen minutes. Um, that'd be great. Um, so it's look, it's a really big topic. This and um, and the danger that. Is that we're going to be ending up overwhelming you all with too much stuff. If we are giving you too much, please pipe up and tell us to slow down or stop. Um, don't forget, you will get uh, the recording both in MP3 um, and MP4, so both in podcast as well as in uh, video form, um, and you'll get that tomorrow. So... We'll talk uh, in a moment. I'll tell you what you're going to what, you, what you're going to expect and what we'll cover. Um, but first, this um, it's been proven time and time again that passively sitting and listening to someone talking means that you're going to get going to forget ninety percent of what you've heard in less than a week. So if you want to get as much return on your time um, in being part of this workshop or this webinar, you need to participate. And the best day to do that is to stay and to stay focused is by working through the worksheets that I've prepared so lovingly for you all and, um, and the, the address to download it if you haven't done so yet is tiny.cc forward slash marketing LH. Um, also, if you have any questions, please type them in at the bottom left-hand corner in the chat screen and or um, and or if you click on the my mood screen at the top of your um, of your um, of your window, you'll see that you can put up your hand or do a, a thumb up or a thumb down or some other signals and we can react to that. But above all, ask questions. Ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. Please feel free to disagree with us. Take us to task. Um, rant and yell, we can't hear you anyway. <laughs> um, right. Oh, don't do any of these because none of us can actually do multitasking. It's a myth. Honest. And this is our agenda for today. This is what we're going to go through. We're going to check in with you to see where you are around this topic of marketing. We're going to talk about the five timeless pillars of marketing. Um, we're going to talk about what's, what's, in other words, the timeless pillars will tell us what, what, what hasn't changed. But then we're also going to spend a lot of time talking about what has changed, what is different about marketing in 2015. Um, specifically going to be um, doing a quite in-depth kind of interview with, uh, with, with Scott. We're going to have a couple of stories for you. 
then there's going to be an offer. Um, there's going to be special offers, a special offer from me and one from um, from uh, from Scott from Motive Marketing. And then finally, we get into action. Into action because uh, nothing changes if we don't do stuff. Um, for those of you who don't know me yet, that's me. And I really, truly am that handsome, aren't I, Scott? Absolutely. That's right. See, he would agree. Um, Rather than agree, I'm a business coach and a mentor, and I help small business owners become less daunted and less overwhelmed and feel great about themselves and about their business by making business fun again and building businesses that sustain you for years to come. And I'm also the author of the 10 Truths Trilogy, business books for people who don't read business books but should. And then we have our special guest. And he is nearly as handsome as me, and his name is Scott Forrest from Motive Marketing. Some of you know him and some of you don't. Scott, tell um, us about you. I'm a digital marketing specialist, a uh, direct marketing specialist with over 22 years' experience. I run a boutique digital marketing agency called Motive Marketing that specializes in lead generation and customer acquisition marketing for small and medium businesses. So tell us um, digital and lead generation. Can you, can you explain a little bit more what that actually means because it confuses Sure. So we create campaigns to generate leads for businesses online. Uh, To do that, we use content marketing, SEO, Google AdWords, Facebook advertising, retargeting, display advertising, mobile marketing, and email marketing as well. Sometimes we integrate these with traditional media channels like radio, press, and TV too. Well, he's a busy boy, is uh, Scott. And he knows stuff that um, I couldn't even dream about. Uh, someone has lost sound. Has, um, has everybody else lost sound as well, or is it just um, clear? Can I? Uh, oh, no. uh, how is. Still okay there. Barry's got sound. Kathy's still got sound. I think it's just you, Claire. Yeah. You might need to check your internet connection. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Cleo, I can't help then. If it's just you, um, you could try and logging out and logging back in, of course. Um, okay, sounds like uh, everybody's hearing okay. So we'll have to keep going. I'm sorry, Claire. Um, if it really gets frustrating, as I said, you'll get the recording later. So um, today is um, the School Business Mastermind masterminds foundation about marketing and there's a truth about marketing in in all of my books actually and in um <clears throat> and and it's woven throughout everything and that is for a very good reason because in the truth the truth in my first book about marketing is that marketing is everything and everything is marketing um and so therefore it would be about everything so <laughs> specifically today we're going to talk about that everything but the everything in the 21st century and our outcomes for today are this. This is, oops, sorry. this is what we want. This is what we want you to take away from being here today. We want you to all walk away enthusiastic with at least one action that you're committed to taking in your business around marketing your best business better in the digital age. And we want you to become really present to how important it is to be great at what you do as well as be great at running a business, not just being a business doer, but also being a business owner. Because it's so much, it's running your business is about so much more than being a good architect or a good web developer, or a good lawyer, right? It's there are all kinds of key aspects of business that we must face from time when we set out to develop our businesses, such as all of these: vision, marketing, planning, 
your customers, people, staff, control systems, the rhythm of business, money, sales, systems, leadership, all of that leads to fun, but all of that also leads to this. It's just too much, right? It's overwhelming, it's daunting. So Scott and I are both really committed to helping small business owners step out of that overwhelming. In the second half of this webinar, we're going to help you. We're going to give you some information how you can take a step out and how to move towards uh, having more fun in business, if you want, of course. But let's focus on the greatest cause of that overwhelm for you first. I'm sure it must be that sandwich. So go to your worksheet. And on page three, I think it is, or maybe page two. No, I'm sure it's page two. No, let me check. Oh no, it's page two. Top of page two. Um, there is a question. The question is: Right now, this coming month, what is the biggest challenge you face in your business? What is the thing that keeps you awake most? Please take a moment to write that. Uh, answer down on your worksheet, and I hope it's slightly more earth-shattering than this woman's. If they haven't Great. downloaded the worksheet, maybe they can put it into the uh, into the comments section. Oh, that's a good idea too. Please do, yeah. Um, so take a moment to write it, write it down on your worksheets uh, or put it in the comments section, in the chat section there, and we'll give you a minute's silence to do so. We had a cup of tea. I think that'll be a minute. There isn't a box underneath that most pressing question, uh, uh, most pressing challenge question, and that is about your outcome. What are you here for? What do you want to get from being here today? Please fill that in as well. Great. Okay, let's get started. And let's begin by checking in how everyone feels about uh, about marketing and marketing in the 21st and a half century. Um, so we're going to run one of our polls. So I'll pull it out. Right. Here we go. Here's your poll. It's also repeated. The poll questions are also repeated on your worksheet. The question is this. When I think of marketing my business in 2015, what I feel is, A, I feel frustrated, guilty, slack, whatever word you want to use there, because I know I should give a lot more time and attention to online and social media marketing especially, but I just don't get around to it. Or B, I'm overwhelmed because I just don't know where to focus. What's most important? Or C, I'm scared or afraid because I think we're missing out on good opportunities and I worry that the competition is going to overtake me. Or D, all of the above. It just depends what uh, what day you ask me. Or E, I'm excited because my marketing systems are humming and working on all fronts and I'm getting an excellent return for, for every dollar I spend on my, on my marketing budget. Please go and vote now. We've got a few votes in already. Um, coming, coming, coming. Oh, someone's even voted 
E, is that you, uh, Scott? Did you, uh, did you vote E yourself? Did you? No, I didn't vote E myself, but I think uh, that could be somebody in Fiji who knows what I'm talking about. Oh, Hello there, Stu. Excellent. Cool. <laughs> Great. Wonderful. Um, so... Oh, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good. Good on you, Richard. Um, okay, cool. So we've got most of our votes in and... Um, it's not entirely um, entirely unexpected, I suppose. We've got a we've got about forty five percent of people voting A, eighteen at B, nine at C, eighteen um, percent uh, of uh, at D, all of the above. It just depends what time you ask me. And one lucky soul going at E. Yeah, Richard, yes. <laughs> Kathy Curtis says, yes, if I was in Fiji, I'd feel really good about marketing too. Yes, true. Excellent. Um, so that's our poll. So that's basically what I what I expected, right? I mean, it's 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 most people don't feel very good about uh, about these topics. They feel frustrated and and uh, and slack and and scared and afraid and all of that at the same time. And most business owners feel a mixture of that and overwhelm around the topic of marketing because they know they should do more of it. They don't know where to start. They don't think they can really afford what they ought to spend. And they're afraid that the competition is just going to sail past them any day. Is that your experience as well, Scott? Yeah, it is. Many people find this subject very overwhelming. Marketing is really just about doing what is important and doing it consistently, not doing everything. Um, so mm. d- don't try and do every single thing uh, in the marketing world that you can do for your business. Uh, <laughs> insane, yeah. <laughs> tr- pick a couple of things, do them well, do them consistently, and do them for 90 days. If they work, scale them up. If they don't, try something new. Mm. Yeah, so the problem with this situation that everybody's feeling so crap about this marketing is is, is twofold because – most business owners know that they should spend more time on marketing they, to get on top of social media and other forms of online marketing because everyone tells them so. The books they read, their trusted advisors, their friends and even their family all get in on the act. Oh, you should really post more about your business on Facebook. Or how many followers do you have on Twitter now? A friend of mine is getting so much business through LinkedIn. What page rank do you have on Google, et cetera, et cetera? And hence, most business owners often actually feel guilty and inadequate. They, sub, they feel that they're somehow not really cutting it as business owners. And the problem is the second side of this. The problem is this. Everyone, in a way, everyone is actually right. You simply cannot build a fun, healthy, sustainable business in 2015 and beyond without being all over the various online marketing forms. Being on top of online marketing can absolutely mean the difference between success and failure for your business. Oh, that was the I feel so inadequate slide. Sorry, we forgot to move forward. So that's the success. So we're in the middle of, on the middle of page three of your worksheet, I think. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. And, um, and let's have a look at what's changed and what's unchanged. So first we're going to have a look at so first we're going to have a look at what's not changed about marketing. What's 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 still the same? What's still the same just like the old French guy? Plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. Or in English, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that's absolutely the case for marketing. I believe that a lot of people think that marketing in the 21st century is somehow different from the 20th century. Uh, I really don't think it is. 
because marketing in, in 2015 still rests on exactly the same five pillars that it's always rested on. And the five pillars, and you know them all probably, it's, it's personal, it's about value, it's about trust, it's about visibility, and it's about what's in it for me. What do you reckon, Scott? Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll always remain about those five principles. Today we might round those out with vision, reputation and consistency. Vision propels your business forward, inspires creativity, ignites purpose and passion and fosters growth. A company's reputation, especially online, is its most valuable asset and needs to be protected. And consistency builds credibility. Credibility allows a business to experience longevity. Mm. So maybe seven pillars? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like the Parthenon. <laughs> no. Now, look, there, there, there probably is more pillars to the temple. But, but let's just stick with those five because I think by focusing on those five, we can illustrate what we mean quite well. Um, so let's have a look at each of those five in turn it's, um, and, 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 um, and, and, and let's get quite clear what they actually mean. And so the first one is it's personal, right? Marketing is all about people, the people, interactions and relationships. We buy from a salesperson in most cases. Um, the salesperson might be the owner, it might be an employee, or it might be a sales agent, but it is always about the personal interaction and relationships. You simply are much less likely to buy something from someone you do not like than from someone you click with. Seems obvious, but it's important to remember when we talk about online marketing as well, right? You reckon? Yeah. Uh, it's No matter what kind of automated marketing systems you set up, and there's some fantastic automation you can embed into your business today, you have to remember it's about talking to people. People want to feel that they're talked to by people, uh, even if it's an automated email system, in language that suits them and, and mm. fits the relationship, yeah. not by some automatically generated email system or a logarithm on your uh, computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we probably don't need to explain that much further, but don't forget it. In everything you do, you must not forget that it's always about people to people. The second thing is value. And it's, this is not necessarily in order of priority. Um, I'm not saying that personal is more about important than value, whatever, but the five pillars, right? They're all the same length. And, and value is a big topic. I think we, we've got to be careful we don't go into too much detail on some of these things here because we could be here until tomorrow. But because um, it's a massive topic and we could run a topic, we could just run a webinar on the topic of value all on its own, really. But, but let's be clear, we must always focus on delivering value. How true. What's different today, though, um, especially from a digital marketing perspective, is that you often have to start delivering value from the outset, perhaps even before thinking about transacting yeah, with a customer. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got yeah. to often start giving things first, whether that be uh, an ebook or a strategy session, some education or some key tips, um, or even just a really good user experience on a website hmm. um, before people um, even try to transact business, yeah, you know, building yeah. value and trust along the way. Yeah, yeah I, I, I absolutely agree. I think that that is a significant difference in modern marketing to how it used to be. I mean, you wouldn't expect that. You wouldn't expect the old, in the old days to get any value, as it were, before you'd actually paid money. And now everybody expects to get all kinds of valuable stuff yeah, before totally. they're um, to entice them into doing business with you. So I think that's a significant difference. But really, uh, we will get, and, and we will absolutely, no doubt, get back to back to that further further on. Um, but and, and and the other thing, the other thing to remember about value, this is a really important thing that people forget that price is only one of the aspects, one of the, one of the factors that determine value. 
it's absolutely one of the one of the factors. Something that's cheap has a greater value in the eyes of some of the people in. in, in uh, this is a minefield that I just stepped in. There. Okay, moving yeah. right along. We'll move- <laughs> yeah, price and value isn't just about price, and you have to start delivering it from your first engagement with a customer, whether they're working through your door, coming to your website. I think we'll leave it there. Otherwise, yeah. we'll be here all night. <laughs> Number three was trust. So no one's ever bought anything from anyone unless they trusted him or her. We, um, quite a few of us here on this call and this webinar are in BNI, and one of the features of, of uh, one of the principles of BNI is that people do business with people they know, like and trust. Um, and and I think it's completely and utterly true. Um, there's different levels of trust, but it's always about trust. Without trust, there's no business. Um, is that still is that still the case? Yeah, Sorry, uh, yeah, it's still the case. Um, but it's judged today on a different set of principles. Uh, for example, I'm less inclined to trust a business or a brand that does not have a decent online presence or an up-to-date, responsive website, or that does not have good reviews on, say, if it's accommodation or a hotel on TripAdvisor, mm. uh, or if it's a, a plumber or an electrician on Google Plus. Mm, mm, um, mm. Trust used to be purely personal. But today, there are far more inputs to that state of trust than a, than a prospective customer feels. Yeah. And we have to be very aware of how our online visibility affects that trust. Yeah, it's really, you see that whole piece about how we build trust these days has gained, you know, it's, it's really com- gained a completely new dimension in the past decade. Pillar number four. Is that four? Yeah, that's four. Four. Visibility. Um, if I can't see you, if I don't know that you exist, I'm not going to do business with you. Duh. But to be visible, we need to be where our customers are, right? No point being visible in an ad in a newspaper if none of your customers read newspapers anymore. This principle is, is you know, it's really important to keep it in mind um, when you were talking about online marketing a bit later on. You've got to be visible to your customers in the places that they hang out. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, there's little point in building a great Facebook presence if your target market is teenagers because they've migrated to other social media channels like Tumblr, Instagram, Reddit, and YouTube. <laughs> Similarly, if you're a B2B business targeting other businesses, you need to work on your LinkedIn and maybe Facebook profiles, possibly Twitter. Mm-hmm. Media selection is critical too. Now there are whole segments of the populace who don't even watch normal free-to-air television anymore. Well, yeah, I don't actually own a television. Um, I haven't watched free-to-air television probably for 10 years. So if you want to advertise a new car to me, there's absolutely no point putting an ad on, <laughs> ad on Channel 9 because I want, you know, I won't see it. And uh, did anybody has anybody seen a, a has anybody seen a yellow page or like? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> However, if if you've got a service that targets uh, older people, and yeah. by older people I'm talking people sixty plus, yeah, um, that are looking for local services, I'm nearly sixty, you know. Yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> there's a certain sociographic rather than a demographic yeah. profile yeah. that still does use the yellow pages. My um, 80-year-old mother-in-law is an example. If she's looking for a dentist or if she's looking for a local service, she picks up the yellow pages because she doesn't use a computer. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And last, the last of the five pillars that we're talking about is uh, what's in it for me? What's in it for me with them? Um, people will never buy anything from you unless you demonstrate to them how you will either take away a pain or give them a pleasure. Listen, it's... 
um, it sounds very stark, but it is. People are simply not going to buy how how clever your product is. They're going to buy what the product's going to do for them. Do for them. Um, there's no impressing. There's no, yeah. There's no point impressing people with the cleverness of your product. No, and people do they want instant gratification on top of that. Yeah, yeah. So when coming to your website, for example, or into your shop or your store, you have to present to them exactly what they're looking for. And it's hard to do this on a homepage of a website, yeah, for yeah, example. Yeah, 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 yeah. Today, we create multiple landing pages for different customer segments and offers. I was working with a company that shows professional services practitioners like accountants, HR consultants, lawyers, etc., how to package their services and sell more. Mm-hmm. Um, all we could say on the homepage that would fit all of these different markets was learn how to sell more services. Yeah. So we created a few different lead magnets, and by that I mean an ebook, a white paper, an infographic, and that allowed people to self-select off the homepage depending on how they like to consume information. But we went further. For each of those, we then created different landing pages for each of the markets, for each of the lead magnets, so that we could say, for example, learn how to sell more HR consulting services, download this white paper. Mm. You have to be that specific and give them what's in it for me straight up uh, because people's attention span is getting shorter and shorter. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because that really um, that really points out this whole thing about specialization as well on niche marketing, getting very clear about your niches. You can't be everything to everyone. If you if you're um, yeah, because of this need for specialization, you either have to have such an enormously large website and presence about everything, or you and which it just it doesn't work. That's so it's fascinating how that that's the stuff's changing. So those are the timeless principles. Um, they're just as relevant now, those five pillars, as they ever were. Um, and uh, but let's go and talk about the five about, about the stuff that, that that we've really got Scott here for the Scots territory. But let's just check if there's any questions before we go there. Any questions right now? Um, please speak up. Any questions? Yes, Carla from Newcastle. Carla says, I don't actually get this trusting because I buy a lot lot from Amazon. I don't necessarily trust them. And, you know, it is a a great example. What do you you want to answer that one, Scott? Yeah, Amazon's a a great example um, of uh, how trust is built uh, through the opinions of other people. Yeah. Um, TripAdvisor's another one. Uh, Airbnb's another one. we rely on uh, the herd's trust or the herd's opinion mm. um, of a product or a service yeah. or a website, and we base our trust, like I was saying before, on those online reviews of of other people. Yeah, it's not actually that we trust Amazon necessarily, or or Airbnb. We trust the users. So that's that's, yeah, the, that's the community. The clever, yeah, so that's the clever thing that some that a company like Amazon has done. There's a they're not going to trust us, but they will trust the users, and that's what they they built their whole system on. Right? Mm. Um, I often buy books from uh, from Amazon um, on the sole recommendation of other people who've read books like the ones that I've ordered. It's it's re- yeah blah blah mm. blah. But it's all it is all about the trust. I hope that makes sense, Connor. So let's move on. Um, so let's talk about what's changed about marketing by 2015. And we've already started talking about some of that stuff, but. Let's get very specific. What has changed? Um, so tell us, 
what are they, in your mind, what are the what are the big the big changes? Well, the principles of marketing are pretty much unchanged, but the way we do marketing has changed significantly mm. in many ways, and where we do it and the timing in which we do it is what's changed dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what do we? What do you reckon would be the top five? The oh, top five that, that's really hard to say. But what I'm seeing is uh, increasingly highly targeted communications. Uh, down to micro audiences or, or single person audiences is one big change. Single person audiences. Yeah. yeah. Um, increasingly wide range of uh, channels through which to communicate uh, to those specific audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, marketing automation is just going uh, in leaps and bounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, measurability of everything would be number four. Um, Probably number five is is what I call marketing velocity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you give us a, a bit more detail on those five? Okay, so ability to target our communications really specifically to individuals, very small groups and, and small niche markets means that the minority report style uh, marketing model is basically here. What do you and mean with minority report? Is it the minority report that had the billboard that was uh, customised to the person that was walking past? Oh, right, right. I think it was, if, yeah, 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 if yeah. my memory is correct. Yeah. Um, but certainly we can do that online. Um, we can uh, create dynamic content for websites based upon what somebody else has viewed before. Mm. You'll see that if you go on to any of the large shopping sites like Iconic, yeah. uh, for example. Um, they will present product um, that you have, uh, similar to product that you've browsed before. Uh, you'll see that uh, on Amazon with their uh, email, outbound emails and, and their product suggestions of what you might buy next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah so yeah. that's one of the greatest changes, but we can do that um, for uh, every business today with quite inexpensive marketing automation tools. Yeah, you don't have to do that. You don't have to spend millions on doing it. No, no, it's, it's hundreds of thousands now. Yeah. So um, yeah. so that's that's one. Um the, the wide range of uh, communication options or channels um, just astounds me. Uh, there was a really big, long word I learned to spell once called uh, media disintermediation, uh, <laughs> which was basically the idea that um, all the channels uh, were fragmenting with more radio stations and more freeware digital television stations and, and, uh, and more paid TV. What we're seeing in the digital space compounds that by factors of um, thousands yeah um and not only can we choose really specific uh niche channels um but we can select them by the time of the day uh, by the location even that a customer might be looking at that channel in the time of the day so mm. um, that's just become a really uh massive change in the last few years okay uh, marketing automation. That's uh, that's. Well, a that's. Big we, one. I could do a whole webinar just on marketing automation by yeah, itself. Yeah, I know it's dangerous. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's, it's like allowed that. us to set up automated lead and sales funnels that operate without our involvement twenty four seven. Really simply, even the most basic uh, mailing systems like Mailchimp has some level of marketing automation built into it, where you can receive a lead on your website, uh, automatically program a series of drip emails to go out from it. Um, send them other emails depending on whether they open it or not, uh, whether they read it or click through. Yeah. Um, and what you can do with much more complicated systems that are still for small and medium businesses like Infusionsoft mm. is uh, takes that to another level. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm using one myself. Most of these, most, well, pretty, pretty well everybody on this uh, webinar has, has received 
at least one, if not more, um, emails out of my automated um, automated system. Um, and yeah, it's incredibly powerful and, uh, and effective. Yeah, and uh, measurability. What do you mean with measurability of that? Well, it, measurability. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a direct marketer. That was um, where I started out, really. And um, all the direct marketing mathematics um, that I learned as a postgraduate diploma in direct marketing hmm. are now available to anybody that can log into Google Analytics yeah, yeah, yeah. and look at their uh, you know cost per click, their uh, cost per lead. If you set up your goals properly. Um, you know, you can really measure pretty much everything online. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's pretty new. Yeah. And then this thing you said, marketing velocity. So velocity is uh, velocity is the rate and direction or motion of change. Um, and so things aren't just speeding up. Um, I think we've uh, known that for some time. But they're speeding up and changing direction really quickly, mm. you know. Um, and it increases month by month with everything from business models, mm. um, you know, to and, and by business models I'm talking about disruptive business models that could affect your business. The likes of Uber, the likes of Airbnbs, the likes of uh, car sharing business yeah. models. Yeah. Um, those those things are changing markets really quickly yeah. in ways we didn't expect. Marketing channels are evolving. That even two or three years ago, I would have had. Um, you know, no concept that they would become a viable communication yeah. channel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and performance metrics are changing at just an incredible speed too. Mm. So being mindful of um, of our audience, I think we need to, well, we need to be careful, again, that we don't get into too much overwhelming detail because, I suspect that quite a few people have probably just gotten a bit scared about those five. <laughs> uh, about those five already. I mean, and, and I'm, I, I'm a little bit of a marketing propeller head. So yes, I know that, and, and so I, I see it as my job to uh, slow the propeller down a little bit today. So yeah. that, that's that's great. I mean, and but those five are, I think, are incredibly um, incredibly good to remember, and even for a very small at a very small level. I mean, one thing you said it before it. Um, when we targeting about targeting, and I said, you know, it used to cost millions. You now you say it's hundreds of thousands. And of course, most people that we know in BNI or in this webinar, they're not going to spend hundreds of thousands. No, oh, I mean, uh, I'm talking hundreds of dollars or a thousand dollars. Oh, not a hundred thousand dollars. Yes, exactly. You know, you, you can. I just wanted to be clear about yeah, that. Yeah, you, know, you, you can set up something on your WordPress website. Yeah. That if somebody clicks on it. Yeah. Um, that you can take them to a page that. You know, is is built for them. Yeah. Um, and then you can, if they fill in a form on that page, you can send them um, some personalized yeah. emails um, out of your Mailchimp system. Yeah. And you can do that all with free software. Yeah, I know. It's really incredibly powerful. So what I'm what going to do is I'm going to ask you. I'm going to well, I'm just going to literally interview you. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about modern marketing okay. and um, and how we should do it. And what those big changes mean for us at a really practical, simple level. I mean, with, as with all mastermind, uh, mastermind Foundation webinars, I want people to be able to walk away today with some really simple, practical stuff that they're going to be able to do. Um, and, and if anything, take people out of overwhelm. And so um, with, um, I'll slow the propeller down every now and then. No problem. Let's go. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh, my. What happened there? Uh, we've got a, a funny error message. Everybody's still hearing us all right. 
Um, can I get a thumb up or a, a smiley face? Yep. Yep. Good. Okay. Right. okay. We're good. Moving right along. So, um, and and please jump in right at any time. Um, it, it's really going to be a, a great benefit for all of you if you jump in and ask questions or you know give feedback or disagree with us. That's that's all good. Um, the more you interact, the more the less likely it is that you'll fall asleep and and get overwhelmed. So. Scott, first question I have is um, what are the top five principles, the top five principles of an effective website? What what are the main things that we need to think about when we develop our website or when we look at it and decide if it's effective? What is the, what well, are we got to do? Um, everybody on this webinar can determine that for themselves because it's really pretty simple. Right. Um, your website needs to lead to business. Yeah. And for most businesses, that means – Visitors to your website need to complete an action, whether that's to pick up the phone, to fill in an inquiry form, mm-hmm. or to purchase a product that's being promoted on the site. Yeah. And what we look at to make that happen, again, you know, user experience, uh, we're all fairly good web browsers these days. We can tell if our websites are going to allow us uh, to do one of those three actions. Mm. You know, if your website uh, phone number is tiny on the top right-hand side of the page and no one can read it, the chance of them picking up the phone yeah. is very low. Um, if uh, So we look at function, first of all. You know, are we driving to a phone inquiry? Are we driving to a, a web inquiry through a form? Um, that's the first thing we look at. Yeah. Usability is the second thing we look at. And by usability, it's pretty simple. It's, you know, can people find what they're looking for when they come to your website? And the third thing related to that is content. Uh, once they find what they're looking for, is it is does, do you provide enough of the right type of content that the person is going to be looking for when they come to your mm, website? Yeah, I remember back to that uh, the, that pillar of value, right? And, yeah. and that people are looking and, at it. And, and content, you know, it might be pictures, it might be video, it could be could be copy, it can be anything. Mm. Uh, it depends on what people are looking for. Yeah. Um, conversions is the next thing that we look at. And I, I spend quite a bit of time working on conversion optimization of websites. So that's really looking at how the website converts to either a telephone call or a form inquiry or a product sale. Yeah. And then finally, um, it's aesthetics. Unfortunately, that's the thing that people spend most of the time thinking yeah, about. it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> how does my website look? Not actually how does it function and does it meet the customer's need? Yes. So, you know, is the phone number legible, easy to read and provide a click-to-call on, on, on the mobile version of, it, of your responsive site? Is the response form above the fold or, you know, a, you know, do I have to scroll down to see it? Is the site easily navigable? Those are all questions you can ask yourself and and, and then we, answer them. Before we pissed off anybody uh, who's a designer on this call, um, we're not saying that design is not important, right? Or aesthetics is not important because that actually leads to a trust pillar. Totally. If your if your if your site looks cheap and nasty, then it doesn't engender trust. And as we said before, without trust, it doesn't work. But it's it's only one of the functions again, right? It's one of the one of the things we need to f- worry about, and the problem is that we tend to spend ninety percent of our time worrying about the aesthetic rather than all the other stuff. So, so that's that's about the basic function of a website. But always keep in mind the website's got is there as a tool. It's not there to do to to just sit there. It's got to. Drive. It's not a brochure. No, it's not. It's not meant to be a brochure. It's uh, it's meant to be so much more, and, and people expect it to be more. So. The next question that's come up a lot recently um, is this whole thing about uh, responsive uh, responsive websites. Um, 
<laughs> it'd be great if you could do that. Eh? Um, <laughs> um, so can you tell us what responsive website design is and why we care about it? Sure. So responsive design is aimed at creating websites that provide an optimal viewing experience regardless of the device that somebody is using. So it means... Then that's not the telescope that these guys use. Yeah, correct. (laughs) So it means that um, it's going to be easy easy to be read regardless of device, that the navigation is intuitive and works regardless of device with no resizing, panning, scrolling required. Um, That in its most simplest form is what a responsive website is. What it's not, and I just want to um, focus on this. Yeah. Um, Lots of people think I should build a mobile site. I've got a lovely desktop site, and maybe I'll just build one for mobile. That's what we used to do. That's what we used to do. It's actually the Sydney. I just noticed the other day. I realised Sydney Morning Herald still got two separate sites. They have. Um, that's because I've got such a massive site. Yeah, I, yeah. I worked on uh, the Sydney Morning Herald when we first launched it in the nineties, um, and trying to move to a, a fully responsive site for them would be a massive undertaking. Um, but Google's going to, yeah, and it's a high-ranking site, so it doesn't really matter so much. Um, for smaller businesses, small medium businesses, it's really critical. You do not want to be running two websites. You do not want to be running a, 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 a mobile, a mobile site. site and a desktop site. No, no, no. Um, so you want to have a responsive site if it's at all feasible. Yeah. And, and it matters because? It matters because, number one, customers care. Hmm. Um, mobile browser usage has exceeded um, 3% this year. So that means one third, depending on your website and depending on your target market, your product, um, it can be much higher. Yeah, and, I, thought and, it was even, know, I thought it would be. But, but overall, 50%. it's around 30%. Mm-hmm. At some times of the day, it exceeds 50%, 60%, uh, especially during the morning rush hours at lunchtime. Um, so number one, your customers care. Number two, uh, mobile is just growing. And number three, Google cares. Mm. Google um, started ranking sites based upon mobile friendliness. Mm. Um, so it's important. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, if you don't know whether your website is responsive or not, it's, there's a really simple test. Yeah, and we've put it onto the um, – If you go, uh, there's a re- the resources page where you've downloaded the webinar uh, worksheet, where you've downloaded the webinar worksheet, and where tomorrow will be placed the recordings as well. Um, so um, – But you just go to – Tiny.cc, sorry, tiny.cc – forward slash marketing L page. There's a bunch of links and resources there. And one of them is the Google Webmaster tool to, to that allows you to decide whether your website is mobile friendly. Um, and but you can also find it through Google, Google but the, the link is on there. Yeah, it's it. google.com forward slash webmasters forward slash tools forward slash mobile friendly. Yeah. Um, don't worry if your site doesn't render perfectly in the little image they give you. All you're after is the uh, green ticks on the yeah. site. Yeah, yeah. I've just tested it before. One of my sites is 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 tick good, and the other one is tick no good. <laughs> um, so that's responsive website. Um, without a responsive mobile responsive website, your site will be ranking down enormously. I've, I've actually, it's amazing I've, uh, because I have two websites, and one of them isn't um, optimized yet. Uh, I've actually noticed it already in, in two weeks since Google did this, this update. Yeah. There's, there's been some independent research done as well across some of the really highly traffic sites. Yeah. You know, some of those big news sites have had problems uh, getting uh, mobile oh, really? responsive. Wow. And some of the big sites um, have 
had a serious impact on their traffic. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's, it's up, up to fifty percent from traffic. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. Next question, Scott. Any questions in the meantime? Please pipe up, right, guys. Um, inbound marketing. That's one of those terms that everybody talks about, and it's uh, and it makes me head for the hills. Tell me more about inbound marketing. Why should I care about it? Why is it something that uh, that that I should lose sleep over? Or I'll lose sleep over. Tell me about it. Um, well, I suppose inbound marketing is the opposite of interruption marketing. Um, and interruption marketing is is all of that traditional marketing um, that we've been used to, at least from all of my life. Um, it's the television ad that pops up in the middle of the program I'm watching. Um, so with interruptive marketing, you mean we get interrupted? By we something. get interrupted in what we really want to be doing yeah. by something else. Yeah. Um, so that can be a pop-up on a website. That's interruption marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if I send an email... That's not interruption. Up. That's not necessarily interruption marketing. Uh, if somebody opens it, reads it, and clicks through, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so, there's, so that's probably the best definition. Um, probably the most important uh, inbound marketing, and some marketers would disagree that this is inbound marketing. Um, but uh, SEO and, and, and Google AdWords, I consider both to be inbound marketing because, um, oh. it, yeah, because. Um, Somebody is actively searching for your uh, content yeah. or for information related to what you have on your site. Yeah, like um, Richard, thanks for the comment, Richard. It's, it's absolutely true. Inbound marketing, once you get your head around that, it's, it's incredible. Oh, uh, the, the ROI is amazing. Return on, return on investment. The ROI is amazing because um, we have far better engagement with the content yeah. that we are uh, providing. Yeah. Um, it's often a more targeted audience because they are self-selecting. Yeah. Um, so engagement, uh, better targeting means a lower cost per lead yeah. from activity that comes from inbound marketing. And that leads, as Richard says, to amazing ROI when it's done mm-hmm. right. Just, uh, I just want to add a bit, but I mean, there are sometimes these terms that go past that, um, if you in any way you're not sure what it means, please pipe up. I mean, so, uh, we just mentioned, or Scott just mentioned cost per lead. If you don't know what that means, I'm not going to stop every time that we. Um, I use an acronym. <laughs> we use an acronym because, but yeah, that, because uh, if you know what it means, great. But if you don't, please pipe up because um, there's lots of um, lots of acronyms in your business that I don't, I don't I don't understand either. So yeah, please feel free. But so um, CPL or cost per lead means how much does it cost me for every marketing lead that I get? What, how much money am I spending for every inquiry that I get from yeah. my website or from and, whatever? And I think I the other one we threw in there was ROI. And as Richard quite rightly uh, points out, ROI is return on investment. Yeah. So that's uh, all of the costs of your marketing uh, divided by the total sales. Yeah. So if I spend, if I spend, if I spend a thousand dollars on marketing in a particular period of time, how many inquiries and or rather how many how many sales do I get out of that thousand dollars, right? Yeah. What, what dollar value it yeah. is yeah. as a percentage of uh, yeah. yeah. So what's your what's your what's your return on investment on being on this webinar here today? Question. Investment of your time. So uh, the most important social media, what are, what are the most important social media for us to focus on? Oh, look, that's, a, that's an impossible question to answer no, no, it is, because it depends upon your target market. 
Um, and it depends on your business mm. and it depends on your product. Yeah. Um, but um, social media is important regardless uh, for SEO or search engine optimization. Okay. Um, these days, SEO uh, relies on a couple of things, and one of those things is social media engagement. Who looks at your content, shares your content, and links back to your content in social media? It's one of the key signals uh, that Google uses in its algorithm. Mm. Yeah. Um, we've got a question from uh, Craig in Brisbane. There's a lot here. What's the best for us to focus on for fast action? And it's it's one of those questions that's really difficult to answer, uh, Craig. And I do know I am aware that we are loading you up with a lot of stuff. And but um, I think the best thing I can tell you at this moment is that we both both Scott and I will be independently making will be making um, some offers uh, to you at the end of this uh, at the end of this webinar or two thirds through this webinar. Um, and I, sh I would urge you to um, to take us up on those. I mean, there will be absolutely no pressure to do anything else, or you know. And um, so, it's not about uh, this. is not about sales. It's actually designed to help you cut through some of this stuff, because it is, it is. Some of it can be overwhelming, and so it's difficult to answer that question. I would say, Greg, and if Scott disagree with it, it's because it is so independent. It's so uh, so um, dependent on each situation it's difficult for us to say well you should focus on facebook because i don't even know what your business is and i don't know what you've done and what you haven't done and i don't know what your market is and um so it's yeah but, but what, what i would typically say um for social media uh is pick two or three so you know there's some some general things if you're a b2b business um then definitely linkedin is one of mm. those three yeah. uh, and the other two are probably uh facebook uh, and Twitter, um, although depending on your business, uh, it could just as equally be um, Instagram and Pinterest. Um, generally, for B two C, it's Facebook and Instagram, and at least a couple of others. But again, it depends on your target market and what you're trying to do. Um, so it's mm. a hard question to answer in terms of everything. I think he might have been Craig might have been referring to everything about inbound marketing. Again, don't try and do all of this because uh, no. you'll just fall over. Oh, yeah, you um, can't. Pick, no way. pick two or three things, maybe four things maximum, and do them really well mm. uh, would be my answer to that, Craig, if you're looking at, at what inbound marketing you should focus on. But you decide which ones. Think about where your customers are hanging out. Think about what your customers are doing and, and let that be yeah. the compass for choosing what you do. Cool. But do take us up on the offer because it's going to really help you uh, get clear about that. We'll, we'll get back to that later. All right, let's move, let's talk about Google. Google, everything Google. Um, <clears throat> what are the top five principles of being found in Google? Um, okay, number one, I'd say get a responsive website. Uh, number two, optimize your website for users first. And for search engines, second. Yeah, that whole idea about you know just focusing on 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 keywords and that sort of stuff is just it's just well yeah you got to do a bit of that but I know but I mean but think just, about your customers first and what they might be searching for and, yeah. and optimize your website based around your users or your potential target market. So number three, a, a regularly updated blog or article section or 
picture section or video section or combination of those mm. is really critical because fresh new content related to uh, what your target audience is searching for are critical. Yeah. Um, and use that, probably number four would be to use that, that blog or article section or picture section or gallery section as the hub um, and regularly populate social platforms from that blog. So mm. often I see people spending a lot of time uh, posting stuff to Facebook um, or posting stuff to Pinterest or post- posting stuff to all, all over social media mm. and not using their website as the central repository that everything feeds back to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be uh, number four. If I had to pick number five, um, I, have to talk, have to I, I have to talk about <laughs> backlinks. Um, but backlinks these days have to be very natural, uh, very high-quality backlinks. Right. So, I'm going to stop you for a moment because I think there may be people who, who will be confused what backlinks actually mean, uh, what, what that so, refers to. So a backlink is um, any link back to your website from another website. So, for example, if you're posting a, a picture from your gallery section of your website onto uh, Pinterest or Instagram mm-hmm. and you put a URL back to that picture or that page that the picture's on, that's considered the backlink to yeah. your site. Yeah. Um, High-quality sites, uh, you know, if you can get a backlink from the Sydney Morning Herald or the Melbourne Age, yeah, they're uh, they very high-quality mm-hmm. um, natural backlinks that refer back to pages on your website. And so what we're looking for today is high-quality backlinks that would be formed from normal PR and communication activities. Yeah. Certainly not the type of backlinks where you hire some guys in India mm. to post uh, on a whole bunch of WordPress blogs links back to your site that are completely not relevant. Yeah. And also not what we used to do, um, me putting a link to Scott's, Scott's website on my website and he putting a link on his website to my website. That, yeah, yeah no, that, that, will, um, that will potentially impact the rankings of both websites. Yeah, well, actually negatively impact. Negatively impact yeah, the... Yeah, uh, no. Yeah, but don't don't make that mistake anymore. And if you still have that kind of stuff on on your take it website, off. take it off, take it off, take it off. Yeah, absolutely. Un- unless it's it's highly relevant. You know, oh, yeah, it, it would so. be it would be highly relevant perhaps for um, somebody who is a uh, let's say a, a fitness coach uh, to talk about their coaching experience uh, with New Perspectives Coaching. Um, they've got a coaching site. New Perspectives does a different type of coaching. It's related. Um, and yeah, so it can work. Just don't overdo it, and, and don't do lots of them, and, and certainly don't create a a blog link network. Yeah, perfect. Uh, uh, Nick's asked about retargeting. I think you want to. You've got a couple of questions later on. I am going to be that. asking you about retargeting. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, all right. Where are we? Where are we? Where are you? Okay. So that was Google, right? And then we all talk about Google, 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 Google this, Google everything. But what about all the others? I mean, are we? Should we worry about others? Should we worry about? Sorry, something we um, Should we worry about other search engines like uh, Bing and Yahoo? Um, yeah. The stats are that um, last time I checked, which was a couple of weeks ago, uh, Google has over ninety-three percent of the search volume in Australia. Wow. Um, Yahoo and Bing. Uh, are the only other real contenders in Australia. Mm. It's a lot different overseas. So in other that that doesn't apply to other markets. Mm. I forget what the stats are for other markets, but I think in, a, in the US, Google's got 60-something percent. Um, 
and it's different in other places around the world. But in Australia, 93% is uh, Google. There yeah, are America, it's, uh, Google is a lot, lot less. A lot lower, yeah, a mm-hmm. lot lower. Um, often when I've maxed out Google, when I've done as much SEO as I can, mm. I've got AdWords optimized, I'll launch, launch, a, um, I'll launch campaigns on the others as mm. well. Um, the, other, the only other thing I'll say about that is if you are targeting, you know, for example, uh, the Chinese market, then Baidu becomes very critical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other thing I'll say is that um, let's not forget about searching in social media. Uh, you know, YouTube is the biggest uh, TV channel in the world now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also has, I think, the, if it's not higher than Google, it's second uh, highest number of searches. Yeah. Um, so thinking about social media searching, um, think about your keywords, your hashtags. Yeah. They matter too across social media. Yeah, absolutely. Google local. Well, I think let's make this very quick so that we don't get stuck to. We need to probably move on. Maybe. Okay. Um, I think there's a, a link we've put into the website. Yeah. Um, basically, get get your local business on Google listing sorted. Uh, do it by going to Google My Business, type in Google My Business or go to google.com forward slash business. Um, since the Pigeon update, Google is heavily favoring physical proximity. Um, so if your business services, um, you know, multiple areas around, say, Sydney, mm. and you've got one location listed, perhaps look at uh, getting a couple of other service offices. It's interesting um, that you have to actually think about that, that you, if I want to be rated, if I want to be rated in Melbourne, that I actually have to get a service office in Melbourne. Well, I don't know that you have to be rated, but since the Pigeon update, it is being factored into proximity of where the person is searching is being factored into who uh, who is presented in the search mm-hmm. results. We so we have to, to be aware of that. Do we have to tell people what we mean when we talk about the pigeon update. No, I don't think you want to go into that right now, do you? Um, <laughs> pigeon well, update is just one of the one of the Google updates. It's it's the way it searches stuff all the time, and again, and it gives it names. So pigeon is one of them. And just as important though is optimizing external web properties like major online directories, um, and getting real customer reviews and ratings on those is critical. So yeah. getting asking your customers to do reviews on Facebook, asking them to do reviews on Google Plus, um, on Yelp, on on Yahoo Local. Are critical as well yeah. for local area marketing. Um, Richard um, said, uh, even without original video content, curating videos and groups helps your customers. He's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's probably too much detail at this moment. Um, we need to be careful we move on. Um, thanks, Richard. Um, really appreciate your comments. Um, uh, and Craig, we'll get back to that question in a moment. Um, Pay-per-click, SEO, um, what's, 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 what's better? Um, they're both important. Um, SEO is what you do to get your website ranking organically in yep. search engine results based on the keywords using the content of your site and uh, how your content is engaged with by people online. Um, the biggest factors for SEO rankings today are on-site content, um, backlinks, which I've talked about mm. from reputable websites, and uh, social media engagement. Um, it takes time, you know. Um, yeah. It used to be that I could get a, a almost any website onto the front page of Google within three months. Mm. Um, these days, if somebody creates a brand new website from scratch under a new URL, um, it will take at least six months to uh, to start ranking. Um, mm. Pay per click or PPC is where you pay when someone clicks on something uh, and comes to your site. So that's actually advertising. That's actually advertising. Right. Yeah. So um, one is organic, um, 
the other is paid advertising. Yeah. And it began in 2002. I remember when uh, Google announced the CPC version of AdWords. Uh, so it's been around now for a little while. Um, since then, almost every digital channel has gone from a cost per thousand or impression-based advertising buying to a cost per click model. Um, the, most, slide, the slide up there shows you the different places in Facebook where these... Uh, yeah, these are, these are ads in Facebook. Page. They're in the newsfeed, homepage on the newsfeed, newsfeed yeah. on mobile. Um, all of those are... You can actually buy all of those on a cost per click basis. Yeah. Uh, you can so also time, buy them on other basis some, as well. Every time somebody clicks on that, <clears throat> you, um, you pay a fee to Facebook. Yeah. Um, there's other things apart from Facebook and Google AdWords you can pay per click for as well. Mm. Um, you can buy uh, email pay per click. Really? Yeah, it's called performance email marketing. Uh, you can buy performance display advertising. So that's where you see banner ads on the Sydney Morning Herald, yeah. uh, things like that. You can play a, pay on a cost per click basis yeah, yeah, on yeah, those yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Yep. Um, more lately, though, we've seen cost per acquisition, which is called CPA, and cost per lead models. Um, that have started to dominate. So that's where you don't pay for the click, but you pay for the conversion on your website. Mm, oh, that is a minefield. <laughs> that is a minefield. We won't go into that in too much detail. Um, apart from to say that unless you're a B2C business, uh, i.e. you're selling to consumers, uh, there won't be many publishers out there that will even consider running a cost per acquisition or cost per lead campaign for mm. you. So it's exclusively a business to consumer pretty much exclusively business-to-consumer yeah. uh, buying model. Yeah. Uh, but if you're in a B2C business and you're not buying uh, CPL inventory, um, then, hey, give me a call. <laughs> um, the other thing that's really interesting that's changed um, is real-time bidding and programmatic buying. It means it's really hard to do this stuff yourself. So, for example, when we're running uh, campaigns, uh, display campaigns or Facebook campaigns, um, we are running them using uh, a program and a logarithm um, that allows us to bid uh, dynamically in real time. Um, mm -hmm. And really you have to be doing that um, to get your cost per click low enough to deliver a low enough cost per lead uh, to get a decent ROI these days. So it's very hard to do that yourself. Yeah. And I also wonder if this, if that's, I also wonder how relevant that is for most of the people on this webinar, to be honest, at the moment. Um, yeah. Knowing what most of the businesses here are about, I wonder if that, I think that's, I think the point is if you, um, uh, the point is if you, if you uh, build a campaign yourself in, say, Facebook um, and give it a $10 budget, um, Facebook are just going to suck up your money and I don't yeah. think you'll get a return on investment. Same no, thing on uh, on Google. If you go and build your own campaign in there and say give it a you know, $15, $20 a day campaign uh, budget, um, Google's going to pretty much suck that up and, yeah. and, uh, and probably I, not get an ROI. And I think what, what, what the takeaway from this last bit about pay-per-click advertising is that, is that one sentence that you said before, it's getting really hard to do this yourself. Isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and I think... I think that's if if you take one that's the one thing away from this, if you were thinking about doing pay-per-click advertising, don't start out doing this yourself because yeah. you will throw a lot of money away. Yeah, unless you really know what you're doing. Well, yeah, but I mean that's the well. If you really yeah. knew what you're doing, you're probably not on the webinar. Probably besides so. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Somebody asks about retargeting. 
Okay. So this is another one where we're going to be very careful. We don't get okay, I'll try and keep it really simple. But I okay. This. I love this. Um... <laughs> so Slide. Um, I'm sure that you've had the experience before mm. where you've gone to a website and you've uh, you know, looked at some product. Have you got an experience with that? Where you've oh, gone I've got to... it all the time at the moment. Uh, well, what were you looking for? Uh, it was the other day. Uh, I don't know if people know uh, Kogan, if you can't. Yeah, yeah, Kogan. Kogan yeah. Uh, uh, recently. Because you don't have a TV and you need one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kogan is that uh, online um, uh, retail uh, organisation. You buy anything for anything um, uh, with the name Kogan on it. And um, uh, I recently uh, subscribed to their newsletter. And I think I'm going to unsubscribe very soon because you get three a day. But so I clicked on something. What was it? Some tool or something like that. Yeah. And um, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And instantaneously, everything that I looked at in Facebook and you know where, yeah. and wherever, that same thing, same thing popped up every time. Yeah, it's, 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 it's basically crazy. following you around. So let yeah. me tell you how it works. It's it's a it's retargeting. It's also known as remarketing, um, and it's a form of online advertising that can keep your brand in front of what we call bounced traffic. Or people that come to your website and then leave your website without picking up the phone or filling in your form. Mm. Um, we use it because it's about getting a higher level of conversion from that initial paid click or from organic traffic that comes to your website. Can I just, I just want to stop you for a moment because um, I'm just worried about um, that we're quite, that we've got to be quite clear that is, is this only for, um, uh, Volkswagen or Toyota no, or no, it, can, uh, it can work for uh, is, small medium businesses. Yeah, would, would this be relevant for <laughs> absolutely for the for the kind of people that 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 that, that, we're, that we're talking to? Sure. Or for me, is it re, is it relevant for me? You reckon? Sure, it is. Um, really, to make uh, retargeting work, um, I used to say, look, unless you're getting more than five thousand visitors to your website a month, mm -hmm. that's not worth it. Mm -hmm. I've revised that down um, somewhat. Mm -hmm. um, with the likes of um, AdRoll and uh, AdRoll specifically, I think if, if you've got about 1,000 to 2,000 visits to your website, it's worth having a look at. It works best in conjunction with other inbound marketing, content marketing, AdWords or display advertising. So where you're spending money already mm -hmm. and you want to squeeze every bit of juice out of the cost that you paid for that click, then you mm. should definitely be using it. Okay. So what I think what we should do, because we've just said as well and that with pay-per-click advertising, you really shouldn't be doing this yourself. And this is probably another example of where you, why you shouldn't be doing this yourself because it gets even more complicated. <laughs> yeah. So I think what is really important is that people understand what it is. What it is, okay. not so let me how you do it. Let me tell you what it is. So most websites convert, if they're really good, um, traffic comes to their site at about 3%. I.e. Three people out of every hundred will pick up the phone, dial that number, or will fill in a response form if yeah. you're doing everything right on your website. So for, for people, someone finds, finds you on Google, comes to your website, you're saying if that's done really well, 3% is going to... Yeah, on a good day. Yeah. Um, and some businesses do better than that, some do worse. So retaining is a tool designed to help companies reach the other 90% of users that don't convert the first time. So every time a user comes to your site, um, the code that we put on the website drops an anonymous browser cookie onto your browser mm -hmm. on your device that mm -hmm. you've, you've come to the website on. Yeah. Later, when your cookie version, uh, your cookie visitors browse the web, let's say you go from Kogan to the Sydney Morning Herald, 
Um, that will tell your retargeting provider, let's say it's AdRoll, mm -hmm. um, when to serve ads uh, related to what you were previously looking at. Yeah, yeah. Um, ensuring that your ads are served only to people who previously visited your website. So that's how it works. Right. So um, Craig just asked, what does it cost? I mean, what sort of, what sort of cost are we talking about? I mean, I know, I know it's how long is a piece of string at some level, but I mean, we, is it the same kind of cost that we, that we would budget for pay-per-click advertising we budget again? No, 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 typically not. And it depends upon how many visitors you get to your website. Yeah. Uh, but typically it, it would make up 10 or 20% of a budget uh, that we might have. Say, say we had a $5,000 campaign running across uh, Facebook and Google AdWords, um, then 10% of that, maybe $500, might go towards retargeting. Okay. All right, cool. All right. Okay, cool. That's retargeting, retargeting or remarketing, and it is pretty evil. So, yeah, about 10% is a, is a good uh, rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, it, it depends on the, the website, the traffic, et cetera. Cool. If you've got an offering uh, that lasts a long time or a longer sales cycle, uh, you might leave that campaign or that retargeting running for longer and you need to budget more. Yeah, yeah. If you've got something where somebody will come to your website because they need it today or tomorrow, yeah. then uh, you'll budget less because you only need to retarget them yeah. for a couple of days. So yeah. there's a few factors involved. Cool. All right. But 10% is a good rule of thumb. So that's retargeting. You've seen something somewhere and then it keeps following you along. So it keeps reminding you and therefore, um, and, and so yeah, it's effective. Let's get converted. By these two boys, tell, tell me about. Tell us about that whole process of conversion when we take when we're getting people through our landing process and um, um, uh, we're we getting people. Yeah. To you our, want to keep it simple, don't you? Yes. So the basics of the conversion process are really simple. Um, the first step is a website page or an online ad call to action. You know, click here to download this report. Click here to book an appointment. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is. Yeah. The second um, typical thing that we do is a landing page. Yeah. So that's a landing page where that offer um, is reiterated. A landing page, a more... Is there anything magic about a landing page? Or is it, oh, yeah. Is it, but, yeah well, no, 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 no. I don't want to go into that detail. What I meant is, is a landing page anything else but a page in your website? No. No. It's just a page on your website right. um, with um, a form on it. Or yep. a, a conversion process. And actually, it's easier for. And pretty well everybody, well, everybody that's on this webinar today has actually has seen an example of it yep. because you went to a page where you registered. That's a landing webinar, page. And that's a landing page. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Um, the next part is form conversion. Yeah. And so what I talk about there is um, we always measure how many people filled in the form yeah. by putting some code on the next page, which is usually the thank you page. Yeah. Which tells us how many people completed the form. Yeah. As well as measuring, you know, that form will either become as an email to you, or go into a CRM system, or go into Mailchimp. Yeah. So that's form conversion as next stage. Mm -hmm. The next critical stage is the follow up. The and and that's usually automated, although it doesn't have to be. No. Um, it's often it's often a common. Well, so in, let's relate it again to the people that have uh, been here uh, earlier here today. Um, it's. Uh, you've had, you've had, you've had an example of of both automated resp uh, yeah. uh, responders, and also today I sent a manual email to everybody with the with the link saying yeah. don't don't forget. Or the it could be that somebody picks up the phone. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the other most common one that's working really well at the moment is SMS autoresponders. Yeah. So those are ones that are triggered by your website that send an SMS message. Yeah. And the reason for that I'm starting to use SMS autoresponders over email ones is that it's really hard to get people to open emails, whereas everybody opens an SMS. Yeah. And reads it's it just, and usually clicks through. And I hate this. <laughs> I absolutely hate this. But, um, so, so that's the simple <laughs> basics of it. Um, conversion optimization, which is what I spend a lot of time doing, or conversion rate optimization, is the method of creating experience for a website or landing page visitor hmm. with the goal of increasing the percentage of visitors that convert into customers. Yeah. And to do that, typically we A-B test. So we A-B test. A-B test. What's so that's an A-B test. A-B. So that's where we come up with problems. Proposition A and Proposition B, and then we drive traffic to both and see which converts better. Yeah, yeah. So you literally have two separate landing pages. Well, we have two separate um, campaign creatives often. Right. So there might be a campaign creative with a, a hot, sexy woman, yeah. and there might be a campaign creative with a mum with two kids. Yeah. And then we'll land both of those on landing pages. Yeah. Um, one that's got another picture of the hot, sexy woman, one with another picture of the Mum with two kids. Not yeah. the mum with two kids aren't sexy, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, and then we test the forms as well. So it's about um, comparative testing. Yeah. And there's some really um, simple tools. This is something you can do yourself, by the way. If, you've, if you're good enough to have set up your own WordPress website, and there's some people here that I think might have done that, yeah. then um, go and have a look at um, optimizely.com or unbounce.com. And both of those links are also on the on the resources page, by the way. And you can set up your own A-B testing for your landing pages. Mm, cool. Right. Okay. <clears throat> that's um, that's my questions for the moment. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that a lot of you are, um, are your, your head is spinning. So if, I'd love to hear some other questions. We've got one question from... Craig, before, how much should I budget for a state-of-the-art website that performs in making more sales? Can you, um, can you, and, and this is obviously a very difficult question <laughs> to be specific about, but can you give us some kind of numbers um, from your experience? And, you know, neither of us are web developers here, right? But, I mean, Scott does do some web, but it's not his prime. No, I mean, I, I, I build web pages and landing pages all the time, but I've been building websites for 22 years. Yeah. I built my first one, had to raw code the HTML before compilers were created. Um, and I still build a few today because uh, customers just need them when I'm creating campaigns for them. Yeah. So um, it, in answer to that, um, you know, you can have a single page uh, website um, that works as a conversion tool um, and you can build that, you know, even getting the best designers and, and you know, good uh, web people for under $1,000. Yeah. Um, State-of-the-art website that performs in making more sales. Again, it depends on your category and, and what all your competitors look like. Um, well, I've, I mean, I've, I've it, seen people I've seen people do incredibly well with really simple yeah. WordPress template, template blogs, and they literally Absolutely. are a blog, and and they have a free offer on there, and um, and they regularly update the blog, and it's and it's amazing how yeah. well it can work. Look, so, what's interesting, I suppose, what I can tell you, Craig, is that. Um, websites that I used to build um, that we charged $100,000 for mm-hmm. um, five or 10 years ago um, would top out at 10 grand today. Yeah. And, and websites that we, um, you know, that we used to charge five or 10 years ago, 50 grand for would top out at five grand today. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. All right, we've got a question from um, uh, John in Sydney. Um, uh, yeah, John's saying this is so much stuff. Um, my my head's you know it's going is 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 is. Well, head around. Do we have any some of this stuff on paper yep. for me to read over again? Yep. Well, um, that's a very quick answer to that because we've actually um, got a couple of great resources on the resource page, that tiny.cc marketing help page. And one of them is an article by Scott, not an article by me. And there's, there's, a, there's a great ebook with a thousand and one uh, ways to do digital digital marketing. There's lots of stuff there, actually. There's one from Mark in Brisbane. Do you really want me to get into that? <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between all those other models, pay-per-click, pay-per-view, pay-per-lead, and how do you choose which to go with? Uh, I wonder if we should let that one go for the moment. That's a great question. Um, and yeah. indeed, it really is confusing. Um, and that's the problem here. But the bottom line is this. It's become really difficult to do this stuff unless you're an expert. So um, as soon as you get past the really basic stuff, you need um, really an agency to run pay-per-click, pay-per-view, pay-per-lead campaigns. In yeah. Short. Yeah. Uh, question from Claire in Sydney on blogging. I've been told that my blogs are too long, and on the other hand, I've had to um, I've had really positive feedback on my blogs. What's the rule of thumb reblogging? And it's actually interesting because I've had some uh, interesting feedback on that uh, off late as well. It's actually Google is looking at longer these days. Is that right? Yeah, there's been um, some really good done in this. If you uh, type in, I can't remember what I typed in a while ago. What's the perfect length for a blog? Or what's the perfect length? There are, have been people that have done some research on this. Um, it came up with a number that was, uh, and, and the general agreement is that it's uh, somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 yeah. words is a general agreement Which on the length, longer than I thought it was. length of a blog. Um, and that surprised me because I thought that's, uh, mm. a, a lot. That's quite a lot. Um, yeah. If you're going to write a 1500 word blog, then you would really want to break that up with headings, short paragraphs, oh, yeah. uh, pictures, images, infographics. Um, but the research has said that um, the best engagement uh, comes from blogs of the 1000 to 1500 word length. Yeah, and what's more, the, the, the best engagement comes from that, but it's also Google rates Go- it better. Also, Google rates it better. Because yeah. Google, I think. And it's, it makes sense as well because Google is, you know, everybody's been playing this game for a long time now and Google wants to, wants wants to, to, wants to get value. rid of all this, yeah. you know, stuff that's been just pumped and, out and is, is, is meaningless and, 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 it's, and it's looking at, you know, articles that are 1,500 so words. It so. used to be clear that um, a 500-word uh, blog yeah. um, that had um, all your keywords stuffed into the uh, headings, uh, into the URL the blog page was on um, and, you know, with a keyword density of, three or four keywords per 100 words for the first 300 words would, would get that ranking mm. on Google. Now that type of tactic is being marked down. Yeah. Um, yeah, clearly, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, totally, yes. Uh, yeah. okay. so, so, um, so Craig is saying surely depend, that depends on how passionate the audience is about the topic, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you... And, and how good the writing is and, and how engaging the content is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Any other questions? Uh, There's a few there, but... Uh, perhaps something that can be read at an average speed of under three, uh, three words 
under three minutes with further legs given. Uh, yeah, Richard. The, interestingly, the yeah. um, they they did some uh, the, the length of the uh, blog um, was based upon reading speed, and it came out a little bit longer than three minutes. But I haven't got the research in front of me. I'd have to go and look it up. Just Google one thousand to fifteen hundred words is a lot more than three minutes. Yeah, it's and I think it's more around the six or seven minute mark, depending on your reading speed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so go and have a look at the research. It's available yeah. online. There's lots of people that have done. But, so, um, but but the bottom line is that it's actually much more than you think these days. It's really changed. Yeah. So I'm reasonably sure that we sketched the minefield for you by now. Um, you're probably your heads are probably uh, you know <laughs> exploding. And you know we're really not doing that on purpose. Although I suppose to some extent we do believe that what we just spoke about in an answer earlier that it's just some of this stuff is just too hard to do yourself. But I do do ask you to remember. That, um, that what we said in the first half of the webinar, it's all still about those five principles. It's still about those five pillars. Personal, it's about value, it's about trust, it's about being seen, and it's about what's in it for me. And, and if you keep remembering that, you'll go a long way. I mean, it's a great example of what I mean about the old ways being just as valid as the, as the, as the, as the, in, in, in the modern digital way, world as well, right? A friend of mine and former client, uh, David, is an electrician in Few of you know him here as well. He and he he hasn't had a formal digital marketing plan and strategies implemented, but just recently he got a new job completely completely through social media. Um, uh, I saw it happen; and it was perfect. Someone I'm connected with on Facebook asked in his status update if anyone knew a great electrician. I saw it and responded and told my connection to go and talk to David, and I tagged David at the same time. And with half an hour, within half an hour, five other people had done exactly the same thing. The client was overwhelmed and simply hired David on the spot. And um, and that's how it can work. It can work because David got everything right. He does great work and he looks after his clients. His clients love him and he be, and become his advocates and look for opportunities to refer him. And David does a regular fun and interesting posts on various social media about stuff that interests him. Well, not everything that interests him, but <laughs> it's a different matter. <laughs> and it might be useful for his client. He doesn't sell anything. He's just there to be a good guy. And because of that, he ticks all the pillars and he uses the social media in the best possible way. And that's, that's how basic it can be. And I've seen this phenomenon many times in the past few years. And it's happened for me as well. I just, not that long ago, got a client in exactly the same way. Um, do you have any stories to illustrate this, this whole, hey, how we a, should think about marketing in 2015? Hey, I've got a great example um, just the other day. And it, and it might um, help to um, take away some of the fear people have around this as well. Um, especially for those of you worried about how you do all of this. Um, she's got a really strong following um, of adding to 24-year-old woman on Facebook and Instagram for her wellness business. And, and she does what uh, David does, but she does a little bit of, of selling of uh, yeah. on those uh, channels as well. But no real web presence to speak of. Uh, no. It's all Facebook, uh, all Instagram. Facebook. Oh, yeah. um, she does have a little website, but it's just, you know, mm. it doesn't do anything. She doesn't SEO it. She doesn't blog on it. Right. Um, she wanted to launch a retreat program, which goes fits in with her business as another yeah. part of her business. Yeah. And this is a residential retreat, you know, with a big price ticket on. I think it's three or four thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, and she's worried that because she had no proper website, she had no blog, and she did not follow many of the principles that I suggest need to be followed. That yeah. no one would make any bookings. Yeah. Just from a trust perspective, but for her, it didn't matter. Uh, we created an event on Facebook. We got an event, brought an account set up, did some promotions on Facebook and, and on Instagram mm. for her first retreat. And she has such a strong and loyal following 
of raving fans from her wellness business that the first retreat sold out in days. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to do all of this. You just have to do one or two things really well. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. We need to um, move on. Um, so I'd love to, I'd love for you guys to focus on and, and, and share with us if you want to what popped up in your head during the stories and throughout the webinar. I'm going I'm to quickly go through and remind you all of, our, of the stuff that we think that, uh, that you might want to um, remember and take away. But if you write down your own takeaways, your insights, your questions or things you don't agree with on your worksheet. And so while you guys are doing that and possibly typing it into us here as well, um, these are the big insights as far as I see them. Um, um, there's the five pillars. The stuff that hasn't changed, it's, it's personal. It's about value and price is just one kind of value. Um, it's about trust. It's about being visible, visible where your clients are, visible, are, and it's about what's in it for me. And the five top things that have changed are about targeting, about being able to target so narrowly you can literally, tar through digital media, literally target single people if you, if you get very, very clever. And that's what we've got Scott for. Um, this, in such an overwhelmingly wide range of channels, um, the ability to make to do things automatically it's becoming incredibly powerful and how to measure stuff at a level at a level of, of granularity that uh, that is that is unheard of and it's getting more and then this thing about velocity the speed of change and, and the direction of change the direction of change yeah and some of this uh, some of the some of the stuff from the conversation with scott if your website's not set up to lead to action and Please do. Um, there are notes about notes areas on your worksheet for all of this stuff to write them down again. But if your website is not set up to lead to action, you're wasting your time. Websites have to lead to action, getting your clients to do stuff. Um, it's your website simply has to be mobile responsive, uh, especially since that last Google update. Inbound marketing is what we're aiming for, attracting people to your optimized and focused website by activities in the wider world, leading them to your website. And opt optimizing for SEO is all about focusing on your users first, and Google will follow, and Google is still the one to focus on. And we must remember that Google is getting more and more interested in being local. We didn't speak, speak about that in great detail, but because we're out of time, but uh, Google is more and more interested in local and pay-per-click retargeting and all that stuff is incredibly powerful, but you can't just go off and do it yourself because you'll waste way too much money. Um, oh, that wasn't, we meant not meant to be there yet. So we're still here. Um, any other questions? Um, Simone? Uh, Simone, uh, it's actually really useful, useful to be told that pay-per-click advertising is too hard to do myself. I've sort of felt I ought to get into it, but it just feels overwhelming. Um, so yeah. now I can give myself permission <laughs> not to get into it until I can afford it. I, I was just sitting with somebody today who had run, had, they'd run, been running their own Google AdWords campaign, um, and 18 months ago they turned it all off. Uh, they focused um, just on um, the the five pillars yep. um, and some of the things I talked about, regularly updating their site with uh, with good content. Um, and what they saw 
was an improvement in the number of leads coming through mm. the business and better conversions. Mm. Um, so unless you're going to do it uh, properly, Simone, um, I think that's a good choice. Yeah, no, that's good. And um, uh, John again, um, he, he loves the story of the electrician. And, and he's seen it happening as well, but um, he said, I really never actually thought about it as actual marketing, more as luck or, you know, whatever. And it's a great insight because, um, because he, you know, he knows it's, it, it's, it's important to have lots of connections on Facebook as well. Yeah. Um, look at this. Um, yeah, but don't go and buy them. Um, <laughs> no, 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 they need to be real people connected to real people you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it, it is all about visible. If you want to talk to your customers, you have to be visible where they are. There's no point um, uh, talking to them in bars if they're not in bars, right? Um, let's get to... Oh, it's in the wrong place. That's oh. meant to be that slide and then, then back to yours. Oh. So remember that overwhelm that I t- we said before? I mean, you know, some of you probably feel a bit of that now. So... Scott and I have both created a special offer for you to help you forward. Um, this is Scott's offer. So for um, anybody that uh, would like to have a uh, one-on-one digital marketing strategy session, um, what that will include is a one-hour session with me. If you're in Sydney, we'll try and do it face-to-face, but we can do it using technology too. Yeah. Um, we'll do a website review. Uh, and we'll be looking at uh, conversion points, conversion optimization specifically, and how the website's laid out uh, for actions. Um, a bit of a social media review. Um, and we'll also do an SEO review with a backlink analysis and, and get all of that back to you in a second meeting. So you can go right now if you want to motivemarketing.youcanbookme.me. You can book dot me, isn't it? Uh, you is can it? book dot me. Oh, yeah. If you look up, uh, you can book me. I think the wrong link's been put in there. Oh, really? Is that the wrong link? Um, but you'll find it, I think. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure. No, it is. It's youcanbook.me. Yeah. No, it's yeah. yeah the, the link there is right, and it's also in your um, in your webinar worksheet. And I'll uh, if it's not already on the on the resources page, I'll make sure that I'll put it in there again. But motivemarketing.youcanbook.me. So that's no obligation. Um, I'm here to help anybody that's uh, bothered to take some time out on Thursday night and uh, and come to this webinar. So take advantage of it. Yeah, I really suggest you take it off. It's, you will get an awful lot of um, really specific about about your website. Like Craig, you said, you know, you've asked those questions, and, and um, they are difficult to answer without really knowing a lot more about your uh, about your circumstances. And so, in that session. Um, Scott will really be able to help you forward with that. I would suggest you take it. Um, and um, remember, I asked you to look at your most pressing issue and, and what is your biggest challenge in your business right now. Have another look at it. I trust it's a greater than this woman had to deal with, as we said. And I want to give you an opportunity to find some really simple, effective step forwards in relation to that challenge. And, and, uh, and so my special offer is that... Um, what, that you'll get a um, business health check report. It's a seven-page business health check report. You go online and do this business health check survey, and then you'll get a report from that. Um, you'll get a hard copy of one of my books, um, the new one, if you haven't got a kit or one of the older ones. You get to do a one-hour, one-and-a-half-hour um, sit-down, face-to-face, all via video link, Skype, 
one-on-one coaching session around that most pressing issue and finding clarity and focus about it and how to move forward. And you will walk away with a bunch of really cool actions. Um, Oh, losing sound. Someone's losing sound. We're nearly there. Um, So, and the only thing you have to do to take up, my offer is to make a $100 donation at the Wayside Chapel. And the link is in your worksheet and I'll send it out to you as well. So, Let's get to action. Nothing's going to change unless you take action. So there's a special resource page that goes through the webinar show. And this is what we want you to do. Set some time aside. First set some time aside for your next steps. If you don't, set some time aside to do something with what you've learned and the information that we've given you today in the next few days. Then coming on this webinar has been a waste of time. The only thing that ultimately makes any difference whatsoever is the actions you take. So on your worksheet is a scale from zero to 10. And you can see it on the screen. We're going to call this your master of modern marketing scale. And on the scale, and um, and 10 on the scale, is that you're a digital marketing wizard guru, a lead generation god, and zero is the opposite. Place a mark on your scale and tell us where you are now. Then let's brainstorm 25 small actions that you can take, that you could take to move yourself up that scale. And I've given you a bunch, or we've given you a bunch of them um, on your worksheet already. Oh, no, not in, no, they're not on the slides, of course. On your worksheet is a bunch of them, uh, a bunch of sample actions that you can take. Um, it's about finding out if your mobile your mobile website is your your website is mobile responsive. It's about writing out the ten keywords that you will be found for. Go and brainstorm 10, uh, 25 actions and and use the ones that we've suggested already or uh, or or find your own. Silly actions, big actions, little actions, but make sure they're actions. Specific t- items you can block a half hour in your diary for. That's the trick, yes. And if you're um, if you're short of ideas, read the uh, local area marketing uh, article by me. Yes. Because there's about at least 25 little actions you could take just in that one article alone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's on the on the on the on the resources uh, page, as well as my article, but as well as a um, um, an actual ebook about um, it's called a thousand and one ways to do digital marketing. So you're not going to have a hard time finding 25 really simple specific actions. Then go and block out some time for these actions. Actually, block out some time. Um, if you, if you, if the actions you take don't end up in your diary, they're not going to be taken. And coming here has been a waste of your time. Um, so, what are you going to do next week? Block it in. Do it next week. Not all twenty-five. Just one. One action next week. And don't forget, take us up on our offers. Make the donation to the Wayside Chapel for mine. $100 or more if you'd like to, um, book yourself into a session uh, with, um, with, uh, with Scott. Both of, those, um, both of those offers are really powerful. You get a lot out of it. Any last questions before we finish? Any last questions? Rich, uh, Rich is saying uh, help each other. If we want to help out each other out, happy to join on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah. I'm going to send out an email to all of you. Um, how could we best do this? Can you give you a bit of clever, quick suggestion? Um, 
The best thing to do is to uh, connect with each other on LinkedIn. Connect with us. Uh, we're easy to find on all. Oh well, yeah, ones. you're going to get an email from us, and yeah, cool. And, uh, and then you'll be able to connect with everybody that's been on the webinar. Yeah, that's right. Um, any last questions? Then we're going to stop the recording now, and. Um,